Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the albums that created the collective unconscious of those who felt their fifth grade breakup was the stuff of R&B dreams. I'm Hannah Leach, a writer, musician, audio producer, and fairly restricted to the baritone singing range. And I'm Audrey Leach, director, editor, producer, and are, are you, you ready, ready? That's my Thank intro. you. That's the energy we need going into this. We are the sister duo, also known as Two Pink Productions, and we haven't stopped thinking about these movies since <laughs> movies, about these albums since we first heard them. We're doing our best. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the albums that first inspired our love for music in an attempt to answer the question, are these albums actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today, we are talking about 2004's JoJo, the debut album of JoJo. Please welcome teen sensation, JoJo! Okay, everyone, welcome back to the pod. If you're watching the video version, you can see Audrey and I are together in Paris, if you will. And by (laughs) Paris, I mean my not air-conditioned living room in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. Uh, We are drinking... um, Nasty ginger beer (laughs) drinks. Okay, I don't think they're as bad as Audrey (laughs) thinks they are, but it's like... uh, You did say they were bad. I said they were a little gross. (laughs) And they're like vodka mule ginger beer things. Audrey forgot the Chardonnay at our parents' house. Or is there no Chardonnay to be spoken for? Um, I'm not sure. I didn't look. But well, I, was in, I was in lies. a rush because you said be here at 1.20. So well, I started then, running. Then Josh decided to make a chicken dinner. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's hot and we're sitting here. But it's nice to be in person together. And today is my first day of um, not being full-time employed, which is exciting. Ooh. Okay. So a question for the culture for this week. The culture is super sick right now. It's actually really bad, period. Since we are delving into the lived experience of a child star, my question for the culture is, is there any way to ethically... No. (laughs) Is there any way for a child star to ethically be in the industry? No. I don't... I think maybe pre-internet, yes. They don't have control over their lives. It doesn't matter you know, even if they want to do it. That it's, it's still exploitation. It's interesting, too, because in... I know that theater is different than film because you're way further away. But, like, in most cases, if you have a play where there are minors in it that are older the that are over the age of, like, 13, you'll just find a really young-looking adult to play the role. Mm-hmm. And I don't really get why film doesn't do that. They do it a lot. They do it... Not exclusively, I guess. I mean, most high school, especially high school shows, yeah, well, that's, they're all yeah. over 18. Yeah. It's when, as soon as the industry is heavily involved, it's like, mm-hmm. gonna get sketchy. It's anyone's game. The subject matter of today definitely does not involve ethical child stardom, but it is really interesting. So we're gonna get into it today. We're talking about JoJo, Joanna Levesque. 
a cultural icon that a lot of people don't know that much about, but we have compiled a lot of information here about her today, and you are about to be educated. So the self-titled album was released on June 22nd, 2004, and it was JoJo's debut album. It peaked at number four on the U.S. Billboard 200 and was later certified platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America, selling over four million copies worldwide to date. In the first week of the album being out, it sold 95,000 copies, and by November 2004, it sold over 1 million copies in the U.S., and it also was certified platinum in Canada. There were two hit singles off the album, as you probably know, Leave, Get Out, and Baby, It's You. Leave, Get Out hit number one on the Billboard Top 40 chart, making JoJo the youngest solo artist in history to top the chart. She was 13 when that song hit number one. And then Baby, It's You was her follow-up single, and it also broke into the top 40 at the time. And just for perspective, she recorded Leave, Get Out when she was 12, and it came out when she was 13. Who is JoJo? There's so much to know about JoJo, but it is remarkably hard to find a like comprehensive timeline from the beginning to the end. Like there were little documentaries made. Some of them are privated on YouTube now. A lot of the archival stuff of her is kind of hard to find because of all of these like legal traps that she's been in for the majority of her life, honestly. So we'll get back to that. But JoJo has been singing since she was like two years old. There's all these videos of her on the internet from when she was 11, just like giving it to us, singing like R&B ballads. And she competed on the television show America's Most Talented Kids when she was around that age. And she lost to Diana DeGarmo, if you remember who that is. I don't. She was on American Idol, and I'm pretty sure she wore the flower in her hair. You liked her specifically. I don't remember. I remember her being like one of your favorites. Interesting. Yeah, she lost to Diana DeGarmo, but after being on that show, she was asked to audition for the record label Blackground Records. And just for context, that was the record label of Aaliyah and Tony Braxton and Timbaland and all these other big artists. So that was a big deal for her to get asked to audition for that label. Also, as an interesting side note, the CEO of Blackground was actually Aaliyah's uncle. And when JoJo, (laughs) I know, I know, I know. And when she came into audition, I guess she finished singing and the uncle like started crying and was like, Aaliyah's over my shoulder, like telling me that like she brought you to me. And apparently Jojo's crying and like her mom is crying. (laughs) So that was near the beginning. And just a little bit more background on Jojo herself. So when she got discovered, she was living in a one-bedroom apartment with her mom in Massachusetts. And when she got signed to this label, they JoJo said, my label got my mom a car, got us an apartment, and I had my own room for the first time, JoJo explained. They felt like family to us. And I think that's what both my mom and I were really longing for deep down. Both of us come from very unstable family situations, and they appealed to that within us, that we were creating something that was really going to last forever. So... Also red flags from the beginning that they like needed a support system and this label could sense that. 
And then just like a little side fun fact is there's this episode of MTV Cribs from around this time. And JoJo's like, welcome to my house. But there was an interview with her kind of recently where she says that it was actually her uncle's house. You see that on TikTok? Yes. Yeah, me too. Yes. And, um, and that she was basically like insecure about the apartment. So they like made it look like she lived in the house and the house was like not fancy, which is kind of funny on top of it. Hey, I'm Jojo. Welcome to my crib, Curly Inside. This is my, my vacation house. Keeping that in mind, she is like blasted off into mega success. She's doing all these live performances. Notably, she does a Teen Choice Awards performance that is of Leave Get Out, which is like a ballad. It's like a pop ballad. And for some reason, she's doing like heavily choreographed walking around the stage. All this happens, she lets out her first album and then she lets out her second album, The High Road, which had the single Too Little Too Late on it, which you probably remember also. It was amazing. So she produces her third album, which is called All I Want Is Everything. And there's like these singles that are coming out. But ultimately, the label, Blackground, lost their distribution deal with Universal. So they couldn't get any of her music out. And everyone thought that JoJo was on hiatus, but because nothing was coming out for years and years. But actually, she was making all these albums, but nothing was happening with them. But people at the label were like, we're not going to release your music unless you're really skinny and look really perfect. And at the same time, we have like Ariana Grande and Tori Kelly and Demi Lovato, like emerging into the scene and basically filling up the gap. Taking her space. Yeah, like taking her space. And so the label is like, telling her to eat 500 calories per day and giving her like the anti-appetite injections. And she's like becoming an alcoholic. Like she's totally spinning out of control because the label like has a monopoly over what makes her her, what makes her happy. So even though she can't let out music because of the contract, she's making these mixtapes and she's touring around the U.S. She lets out the amazing single Disaster in 2011. Do you remember the song Disaster? Mm -mm. It's kind of Demi-ish. And so she's working, working, working. She finally gets out of her contract around 2016 and she lets out the album Mad Love, which is a really great album. And right around the time of her album coming out, her dad, her parents were divorced, but her dad was addicted to opioids because of an accident he had on a job. And he overdosed for like the millionth time and he finally lost his life to addiction. And that kind of made her turn her life around from the alcoholism she was working with. But anyway, Mad Love comes out. It's really, really great. I remember when it came out, I was still in college. And when I was in my running era, I would listen to it while running up and down the East River Park thing. So album one, which is what we're talking about today, and album two were not available on streaming services for years and years because of Blackground holding her music ransom. So she ended up deciding to re-record both albums before Taylor Swift was doing this. And as she was recording these albums, she would record two songs per day with the production team 
finding ripped versions of the songs on YouTube and like trying to piece together how the arrangements were made. She also fronted all the money for these re-recordings herself, but thankfully was able to recoup all the money spent on those re-recordings in the first quarter of it being released. So she's doing well, she's doing well. And then today when I was doing research, it was from like early 2020, like red carpet coverage. And they were like, it's looking like 2020 is going to be JoJo's year. (laughs) So nobody's year. Nobody's year. And so I think one thing that's just so interesting about her is that she's like unbelievably talented. Like she's beyond talented. So resilient. Like everything that could get in her way has gotten in her way. And yet, like, did you watch the interview of her interviewing JoJo Siwa? Yeah. She was like... With her energy, like, hugging Jojo Siwa Mm -hmm. the entire time. She just seems, like, very genuine. Shout out to the, like, 20-year-old, or, mm, yeah, maybe, like, 23-year-old gay guy that was like, we should have Jojo Mm -hmm. interview Jojo. Yes. (laughs) That was good. It's an amazing interview. If you haven't seen that interview, cannot recommend it enough. And it is weird nowadays to have, like, so many people think of Jojo Siwa first. I know. Before Jojo. I know. It's like, I know Jojo Siwa, I was looking today, has like 11 point something followers on Instagram and Jojo, our Jojo has like two. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, they're very different. Jojo Siwa's platform is giant. I know. I And for children. Right. I appreciate her though. And as Audrey said, she's now setting in Moulin Rouge on Broadway. And to be said, it wasn't like 2020 came and she just like flopped again. Like she's still letting out music. She's still touring. Mm-hmm. Um, she's touring a lot. Yeah. So good for her. And then of course, other notable things. She was in Aquamarine, our favorite movie. And she also was That's in- That's it. She also was in RV with Robin Williams, which is just kind of like a funny side note to the whole thing. And then- Okay, this is one thing that always stuck in my mind about her, which is that she was definitely like, I mean, you heard she blew up so quickly, but she was a very notable pop culture figure in the, in like 2004, 2005. And in 2004, Eminem let out this song called Ass Like That, where it's like Slim Shady. So it's like his alter ego basically talking about like who he gets off to. And he has this verse, and she was, what, 13 at the time? The way she moves, she dances like a go-go. In that video, she sings, get out, you bozo. I need a new boyfriend. Hi, my name is Jojo. Police saying freeze. Da-doing, doing, doing. So basically, he's getting off to Jojo. The way she moves, she dances like a go-go. In that video, she sings, get out, you bozo. I need a new boyfriend. Hi, my name is Jojo. Police saying freeze. Da-doing, doing, doing. Ew. He also does one. There's a verse about Hillary Duff in it too. It's like Hillary Duff what song is, is this? I recognize this. It's like the way she's shaking. I can't believe oh, it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I never seen an ass like that. And then there's also one by Hillary Duff where he's like, Hillary Duff is not quite old enough, so I ain't never seen a butt like that. Neither is JoJo. I know. They're like the same age. She's went through a lot as a child star, as a person, as an artist who is so talented. It's like beyond. She's so much better than so many people that are big now. Like just what happened to her career is like super messed up. My kind of ongoing question though, and we'll come back to this for sure, is like she could have been so much more famous if it weren't for her contract, like ruining her life. But 
would that have been for the better for her? Because in a lot of her interviews, she talks about how the industry has been like, it's like not good for thin-skinned people and that she's really sensitive and so on and so forth. Would she be that sensitive if she hadn't have gone through all this trauma? Who knows? But something to keep in mind. She would have gone through it no matter how famous she got. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Critic reviews. This one's from All Music, and they gave it 3.5 stars. All in all, JoJo is a strong debut. Its centerpiece is never smothered with collabo pylons, and she's served well by the mix of arrangements and backgrounds. She's definitely courting middle lane accessibility, but she rightly lets her singing do the talking, and that's a signal of where she's headed. Blender gave it three out of five stars. Mm-hmm. She didn't win NBC's youngster version of American Idol, but that hasn't stopped the 13-year-old suburbanite. Is that true? Yeah, she's from suburban Boston. Oh, okay. From recruiting some of the same writer-producers who nurtured Aaliyah into an alluring icon and making her own grab for stardom. Over the skipping new Jack guitars of Happy Song and City Lights, she's wise, staying within her vocal range and reveling in her own adolescent innocence. She strikes a charming pop pose. Elsewhere, though, she plays dress up, primping herself into an R&B seductress, writing hip-twisting beats and lyrics about burning desire. Trouble is, JoJo is neither refined nor old enough to pull it off beyond a suitable idol-esque facsimile. On these songs, it's as though she's vamping in her mother's size 9 stilettos, silly and plodding. Let me just say, regarding Suburbanite, she may have lived in a suburb, but... Again, she came from poverty, so it's not like she was living in, like, a nice suburban house. Mm -hmm. Finally, Slant Magazine gave it two out of five stars, and... The name of the review was... (laughs) The the name of the review is JoJo is pretty damn creepy. I don't know what that means. Okay, JoJo is pretty damn creepy. She's 12 years old. Well, not really, but close enough. It's a small detail. Her record label seems to be downplaying. And she can sing acapella live on the spot like a seasoned diva. But while the girls certainly got pipes, her eponymous debut is as contrived and calculated as the strategic tears in the t-shirt and cap she sports on the album's cover. Even the songs JoJo penned herself can't give the disc (laughs) the personality it's so desperate needs. Keep On Keeping On is a personal, inspirational tune, but it's high-end sneakers and a duplex that JoJo wants. A sad reminder of how success is measured by today's young people, as dictated by hip-hop trends and MTV's cribs. As long as she surrounds herself with smarter people and stops rhyming words like breezy with easy, (laughs) as she does on the album's opening track, the young up-and-comer could very well be the next Tina Marie, but probably not. I feel That's like the freaking- review was really hatery. Like, damn. To me, it feels like a misdirected critique. Yeah. Agreed. It's her label. Yeah. And I do want to talk about that a lot. And I wish I knew more about it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that a very, very much a black label is who signed her and it shows up in every aspect of her first yeah. album. And yeah. it, it feels inauthentic because... It is. Yeah. To a degree. Well, it's interesting to, so I wrote down in a bunch of my notes, like, what are the racial implications of this? I think that, like, there is something to be said, though, for, it's kind of like the Haley Williams effect, where it's like, if there's a white girl singer who can really bring it. Well, Ariana Grande has also had similar things said about her. But she leans into it a lot more. I'm not 
talking about that part of it. I'm oh, just talking about her okay. voice alone. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's like in the school of like a Whitney Houston or something like that. If you can bring that sort of vocal quality, like, of course, you R&B can sing is like going to suit you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and with Haley, it's just like the pure energy and the like charisma. When you're working with a child, it's like... It's different. It could have gone so many ways. Yeah. She could have easily been picked up by a pretty white label and been tried tried to mold her into like just Like a pop. Celine Dion or something. Yeah, like it could have gone yeah. a lot of ways. I mean, I but when you see these videos of her singing when she's like 11 and she's singing like yeah. these soul ballads. But that wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't stop another label from wanting her. I know. Well, I will also say like at the time it 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 made sense that they did that at the time. It was like an era of like that sort of pop music being a thing. So yeah. that's just something to keep in mind. Memories about this album. So I, for some reason, I had this CD, like the actual physical CD, and the case was broken. I'm guessing I probably got it from a neighbor because I don't think this would have been gifted to me. I have no memory of that no, part I, of it. I had it on CD because I remember skipping through all the songs like like, the, I know the first, like, two seconds of every song. Yeah, same. And um, <laughs> I loved this album. It always felt like the coolest thing I could possibly be listening to at any given moment. I remember, like, fourth grade and fifth grade and sixth grade, I was really into this album, which makes sense for the time frame because I was also, like, a huge, like, 96.5 Kiss FM listener, and she mm-hmm. was, like, on that at the time. I used to listen to... 96.5 before school every day. Did you? Yeah. We would yeah. both listen to it. Yeah. Because that was like. It's just w- really funny. I know. Well, <laughs> it was also like one of the only media sources we, we had. had. Like we were tuning into the radio. I know. Well, and also that wasn't like heavily gatekept by our parents. Yeah. But there was a lot of things that I feel like in retrospect, there was a lot of things they would say that I did not understand. I was, yeah, absolutely. But it was Elvis Duran in the morning I know, show. There's still, that's I know. ongoing. Which. Also, okay, do you remember, have I ever talked on the podcast about listening to Dawson McAllister live? I don't think so. Okay, it was- I don't even know what that is. Okay, it was on 96.5 after 10 p.m. on Sundays. And it was a call-in advice show with a Christian slant. Mm. And so someone would come in and be like, my husband's abusing Actually, me. I do know. Yeah, and I would like- <laughs> Like, when the guy would give advice, there was so much, like, dramatic silence in between his phrases, and I would love listening to that. So if you know what I'm talking about, please let me know. I'm going to look it up after this because I loved that shit. My memories of it, I guess I probably heard it mostly through you. Mm -hmm. And then once we had iPods, it would have been on the iPod. I did like the album, but there are certain songs that I would always, always, always skip. Yeah, same. And so I kind of don't know them. Same. So that'll be interesting to talk about in the second half. Yeah. I do just think it's interesting too, like going back to kind of what I was saying about this feeling like the coolest thing I could possibly listen to is like the way that it is like a specifically black sound being performed by a white Commodified girl. for white yeah. girls. Yeah, yeah. Young Which white like, girls. it's not the first time that's happened, but I wonder what like mom and dad, mom really thought about that. I don't think she thought anything about it, if she I'm being honest. Off. She probably wasn't paying attention. No. <laughs> I don't think JoJo... I think JoJo seemed, if she was paying attention, JoJo probably seemed good to her. Like, or okay. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, she wasn't Evanescence, and I was yeah. also bringing that to the table at the time. So, oh, wait, I have a couple other ones. I had, okay, I don't know if I've ever talked about Cameron on the podcast before. Cameron is like my oldest, oldest friend. He's like a very gregarious gay man, unsurprisingly. And we met in kindergarten and then we dated we dated in fifth grade and it was like a very intense fifth grade relationship and I remember like listening to this album and being like this is about me that's insane I know I know totally but are you surprised coming from me like this and like let go by Avril Lavigne like a wine and cheese pairing like no other and I remember like sitting in my room and like listening to like fairy tales and stuff and being like, yeah, it didn't work out, but (laughs) there's hope for the future. (sighs) Oh, uh, (laughs) and the music videos are obviously iconic. Yeah. And I remember only ever getting to watch them in the basement of Audrey Sheik's house because Mm -hmm. we weren't allowed to watch music videos. The thing that's really (laughs) funny though with the leave get out video is like, it's another example of like, these backup dancers are like all non-white and they're all like oh, yeah. 20. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And she's fully a child. Yeah, in the Teen Choice Awards performance, it's all like 19 to 23 year old black men in letter jackets. Yeah, but I'm talking about in the in the music video oh, for Leave too. Get Out. Well, and there's also the whole like pairing they did with her and like Lil Bow Wow. Mm-hmm. Who I don't know how old he was compared to her. But they were very much like framing her adjacent to blackness. Very intensely. She's only 32. I know. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. He's four years older. That's not that bad. That could be way worse. So, yeah, that's it. And are we ready to go to break? Yeah. Okay. All right, everyone. Oh, okay. Well, here's a complicated question. Yeah. It's kind of like people were mad. Some people were mad at us for covering the OG Fearless when we covered Fearless and not Fearless Taylor's version. With this album, though, it is a really hard call because I actually, actually want to support JoJo's actual bank account. She actually needs the money. So, like, well, not, really, not like, in a rude way, but, like, no, she's not a billionaire. Don't, what don't be mean. apologetic to the Swifties. <laughs> she actually needs the money. No, that was that was an apology to JoJo, not oh, an apology. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Now, here's my problem. This is my gripe also with the Taylor's version stuff is I don't really want to hear. I want to hear what I know. And I, it is a problem. So, I almost would say, listen to both question mark put the new version on your playlist for the repeat listens but if you want to like or I guess maybe if you listen to it on YouTube you could find like a non you could somehow find like a non-copyrighted version I will say that her re-records are like very faithful to the originals I when I listened to them I was like oh honey this is not really yeah because I just I had the originals so, you know, burned in. Yeah. Like when I listen to Taylor's versions of songs, I'm like, this, it could literally sound exactly the same. And it's, and I'm like, yeah. No. Yeah. Because, because their vibrato is a little different. Right, 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 right. Like, like one production sound is like slightly not the same. Or it sounds a little more robotic or it sounds, yeah. Yeah. I And I hate that. And yeah. I, it's hard. It's also, hard. Blackground was so shady because they only put out the first two albums on streaming in 2020. Mm-hmm. Like after she had let out the re-records. Yeah. So because they're like, up. oh, now we can't let her have all the searches. <sighs> it's you know? messed up. 
But anyway, and she also paid to produce those with her own JoJo money. Okay, we will be back to share our thoughts. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. And Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. Are you, you ready, ready? Oh my God, we could really do a cover in person. Yeah, we could. Oh, maybe we should just do that. We should just do that. Yeah, and just... Live version. Yeah. I can play it on guitar. Actually... Well, no, don't even do that. Acapella. Well... Aquapella, like Aquamarine. Okay. I don't know. We're talking about JoJo's self-titled debut album, JoJo of 2004. Here is the track list. Breezy... Baby, It's You, Not That Kind of Girl, The Happy Song, Homeboy, City Lights, Leave, Get Out, Use My Shoulder, Never Say Goodbye, Week, Keep On Keeping On, Sunshine, Yes or No, and Fairy Tales. So, should we just go right into our tops and bottoms of the week? Yeah, I guess so. Or do you have any overall notes on the album I mean, album I literally first? took notes on every song. Okay, then why don't we just go through and then we'll rank at the end. Yeah. Okay, tell me what you think. So... Just between us, squirrel friends, what do you think? You didn't put writers in the pre in the facts, did you? No. I think we need to know that information. Okay. It, it's kind of crucial to my notes. All right. Well, I, just t- take a gander and tell me, like, scan through and, like, are you seeing a bunch of old men? Um, I am seeing... Yes, I'm seeing a lot of male names here. I'm seeing no female names. Except for... <laughs> Keep on keeping on. She wrote that song. Yeah, herself. except for that. But other than that, the feeling, the fact that you say that Aaliyah's uncle was like heavily involved in all this kind of makes a lot of sense because I was thinking about Aaliyah listening mm-hmm. to this album without even knowing that she had a family member like That's involved. Interesting. I was thinking about Aaliyah and I was thinking about Lolita mm. because 
I feel it strongly connects. Yeah. You listen to the Lolita podcast, right? That stuff really sticks in your brain after you listen to that. Yeah. This is what I wrote. Let me just see what I wrote. Please. I said, depending on who wrote this album, I'm either like, oh, this is cute or horrified. Because if it's old men, it feels so Lolita-esque because they're like forcing her to say that she loves this older seeming guy because he doesn't force her to do things she's not comfortable with. Uh-huh. And he has all this nice stuff, but she only <laughs> wants to be with him because of his gleaming personality. Like, okay, girl, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That That is a very consistent theme throughout all the songs is like, you make me comfortable and that's why I love you. And yeah. then and and then she's like, you have what's that one lyric that's like and your rims are spinning on the side? Yeah. That one? Yeah. It's oh. like this guy that she's it describing. That you cause fly. Yeah, yeah. This guy that she's describing through all these songs, really. That is the kind of the idea that I drew from this album. Mm-hmm. And because I was reading the lyrics as I was listening. You're so smart for doing that. And, I, and I'm and i like, there's just no freaking way this isn't a bunch of old guys writing this. Yeah. It felt very Aaliyah. It felt very controlled words. Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah, this is a bop. If you're not listening to what she's saying at all, it's like, this is the most like feminist. Like, <laughs> this is like... <laughs> This is the freedom of women, like the freedom for young yeah. women in an okay. album. Okay, But yeah. then when you realize, you know, the co- we know the greater context, it's like, yeah, mm, yeah, I don't know. And the way that they entrapped her, it just feels kind of bad. I know. Oh, I also forgot to mention, just speaking of like, so men were very, very, very in charge of her whole career, except for the fact that her mom managed her until she was 16. She ultimately had to fire her mom as yeah. her manager because it got so messy and bad. It's what usually happens yeah. with the parents manager. Track one, Breezy. (laughs) Such a ridiculous opener. It's so good though. But I like it. I wrote... I get shopping sprees off the heezy. Yeah. I mean, it's like this girl did not come up with that. Yeah. You're just a what? You're just his jump on. I'm I'm his his Breezy. breezy. (laughs) I don't know what that means. If her name was like Brianna, it would make more sense. Does that mean... You're a hoe. I'm his girlfriend. Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> but like, it doesn't. You're a jump on? Like you're about to jump on his dick. That's what I thought. I guess. I, that's the only thing I can Should I look up what that actually means? Dear Google, what is <laughs> a jump on? A sexual partner who is more than a one night stand, but with whom one does not intend to form a long term romantic relationship. So a uh, so <laughs> <laughs> Your mom's a hoe. Yeah, absolutely. Just a casual thing for a 12 year old. <laughs> Audrey's looking up breezy urban dictionary. <laughs> Someone who is literally perfect in every way, shape, or form. Someone you constantly want to talk to, and someone you you, you can't, can't stop, stop smiling, smiling at. at. Okay. 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 That makes sense. So immediately, the white, the little white girls of America are doing the math, like a jump on <laughs> and a breezy. I just like did not think about it. Yeah. I, I I don't think about it. <laughs> I. Kind of thought when I really listened, some of her riffs are sounding a little rough. Just a couple. She's, I mean, she's 12, so like all the credit given. But like to it include also, some of those, I thought was a little rough. Also, they all sound incredibly like clear. Clear. Yeah. They're loud. Yes. But you know what, though? I would say because I had the same thought, but only like two or three times. Like not yeah. that many. Well, literally every song starts with. Ah, like, yeah. which 
that's a part of the genre. Yes. It's okay. But I was paying attention to like, where's the little hey, gonna come in? <laughs> um, well, I'm sure it always came in. So yeah, that's basically my thoughts about Breezy. <laughs> my notes yeah. are stupid. Second track, Baby It's You. <laughs> Perfection. So good. I said that intro makes me want to go shopping and be mean. <laughs> it's I so totally true. agree. It, because it has a similar energy to, uh oh. Yeah, yeah, uh-oh, yeah, yeah. I think. It makes me think of like when you get a body spray from Claire's and it has like a little charm on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. It's very baby, so good. very baby prostitute, as they would say in Mean Girls. Yeah. But in a good way. I said I live for the vocal chop. I do. The, the vocal yeah. chop is. Uh, but the, but the uh, uh, yeah 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 same same well, however you describe that I love the vocal chop and then I also thought lyric I just said lyrically she was forced to grow up really fast yes like why is she talking about your car is fly you're 12 like I know what? I remember thinking about that too and I'm like girl we can't drive why are you in the car right why are you with someone who with drives? a random man yeah get out the car i know stop drop and roll <laughs> get out but you know i did think back in the day like okay even when i was a little kid i was like she's just playing the part like i genuinely it's weird because like how did we have awareness for that only with her kind I of i know well, I remember feeling kind of like, oh, like she's playing this role of a grown up. Whereas like when I was older and I think about Lana, I'd be like, that's aspirational. But for yeah. this, I was never was thinking it was aspirational. Or, yeah. Yeah. Like we didn't. She was a couple years older. We Yeah. She is. She's what? Like five years older than you? Yeah. So no, that is old. But it's not too much older to the point where you're like, well, I don't know what it's like to be. Right. Even sort of that age. Yeah. Baby, it's you. Amazing song. Agreed. Amazing song. Agreed. Not that kind of girl. Now, that's a loaded statement. This was her third single and it flopped as a fun fact. Yeah. And I, maybe because it's like negative. Like it is kind of a negative song. It's like other girls are sluts and I'm not. Yes, but I mean, yes. <laughs> and also. And she didn't write it. Yeah, well, she doesn't write barely anything. But basically, like, the whole thing of the song is, like, you have nice things, but I'm not going to yeah, get she's with like, you. I can buy my own things, and I have a brain. And so, she's so literally 12. I'm maintaining my independence. <laughs> well, one of the lyrics in that song is, don't go bar hopping. <laughs> I, was, I said, don't go bar hopping. <laughs> to what, the Jamba Juice? Where are you? <laughs> and then I thought, wouldn't it be cool... I think it would be cool if someone, well, not Lil Nas X because he can't really sing, but someone like that who can sing, not that kind of boy. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good. Yeah. I want that to be a thing. Yes, yes. But yeah, she's like, don't go bar hopping. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Or uh, You don't. uh, What else did she say in that song? The lyric study for this is what made it worth, like what made it interesting to me. Because if you don't listen to the lyrics, if you don't read them, it's like it all kind of yeah goes over your head. I'm not your everyday round the way, don't go bar hopping, chilling on the block on a cell phone front in. Never that, because I'm not that kind of girl. <laughs> Hello? I need to know Yeah, you how don't you go roll, bar hopping because you you're 12. Yeah. 
I need to know how you roll and how you get down. No drama. Drop my money in the bank. Take me home and meet your mama. Can you handle that? Because I'm not that kind of girl. Okay, you got to read the next part. Boy, you ain't impressing me with your jewelry, your designer clothes, or the games that you try to play. Think you need to know I got my own. Don't need you for your dough. Uh, hearing me, maybe then we can flow. Let me know. How slut shamey is it on a scale of one to ten? <laughs> well. They're all repeating. Right, 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 right. I don't think it's slut shamey. Because she's, it's, it's well, because a claim for independence. Yes. And also being not that kind of girl is like a turn of phrase. Well, is it? Yeah. No, it is a turn. Yes, it is a turn of phrase. But what, what are its origins? I mean. I mean, to me, I think of like the 50s. Exactly. Like not that kind of, like, the actual, they could be using the term in a slightly different way than, than its original usage. But to me. She's saying, I'm not that kind of girl because that girl would use you for your money. Well, to me, not that kind of girl means I'm not going to give you this pussy. No, to me, not, not that kind of girl is always like, I'm not that kind of girl. Like, right, she's but normally bad, that I'm implies not. a sexuality. Right. And that's demeaning to her. But is it slut shaming when you're 12? Well, I'm not. <laughs> none of this is projected on JoJo herself. She didn't write the damn song. She doesn't know what any of this is. I'm talking about the people who wrote the song. Yeah, I guess I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It is saying I'm superior to others because I'm not going to use you for your dumb rims or whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to use you for your rims. Your yeah, Tims you're right. and your rims. <laughs> she does bring up Tims later. Okay, it's well, crazy. this one's up for debate, I guess, ideologically. We're only on track three. <laughs> the happy song. I skipped it every time as a kid. I always skipped it. I love it. this song. All right, tell me why, because... Okay, because it does it. have it does have the line... I thought that when you were talking about the you don't make me uncomfortable line, that you were talking about this song. It might have been... It might have been this like, song. And I'm not gonna do anything I'm not ready to. Yeah, it's it is a, this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is this song. Um, but I like the little hook. The it's da, cute. Da, da, yeah. Da. Yeah. I just think it's fun. Um, me happy. I like the chorus. I think the <laughs> melody choice at the very beginning of the song creeped me out. Da, 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 da. No, I, something about I that. Have I such know. a close friend. <laughs> You thought that was creepy? It, you know when like a song that is not creepy creeps you out? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like um, for Hunter, this is a classic example of what it is for Hunter. Grease is the word, <laughs> is the word that you heard. Okay. That song creeps him out. And it's not a like it's not a creepy song. Uh-huh. But sometimes it's like gives you that eerie childhood yes, yes, feeling. Yes, yes, yes. And that's what it is. That is really interesting. Yeah. Okay. I don't I can, know why. I cannot relate, but I hear you. I don't know why. I believe women. Happy song, simple. There's not a whole lot going on there, but no. it is a fun bop. Yeah. Track five, Homeboy. Another Lolita-esque one. Yeah. Oh my God, when he's like, da-da-da-da, know him all my life, my life, now I see him in a whole uh-huh. new life. Yeah. I yeah. thought that this song felt very much like a predecessor to My Everything, the album. Yes, I could see that. Or to Yours Truly. And yeah. I thought the same, I think the same thing later about Never Say Goodbye. That's a predecessor. You can draw a, di- yeah. a direct link from that song yeah. to like 
tattooed heart or yeah. like but I will big say songs. this Never Say Goodbye is way more complex musically than Tattoo Heart. Yeah. Yeah. But like vocally. I'm talking yeah, about the yeah, vocals yeah. and the the kind of the marketing and yes. like not the whole racial part of it because she wasn't there yet. Ariana wasn't. <laughs> but yeah. like just something about like the little white girl that can has big pipes. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, have you ever seen that clip of Patty LaBelle? talking to Ariana Grande on stage and she goes to Ariana, she goes, sing like the little white black girl you are. <laughs> no, but I believe it's that. So, and Ariana like falls to the ground. <laughs> I don't know. I think I also skipped Homeboy as a kid. Homeboy? I like Homeboy, okay. I didn't have negative feelings. I think I felt a little uncomfortable about the slang usage. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's very like, awkward as a white Jojo person. Homeboy? Yeah, agreed. Don't want to be my homeboy no more. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Next track is City Lights. I lost it at the line, I feel like I'm on medication. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm on medication. Yeah. What medications? <laughs> Ibuprofen? <laughs> Advil. It's uh, Flintstones gummies. (laughs) (laughs) That song is a groovy little song, though. It's so repetitive, though. Like, very repetitive. Like, I I read the first, like, two paragraphs of lyrics, and then they were all the same. It's on, it's on tonight. Me and my girls, tonight it's it's our world. Yeah, Yeah. the same, the same, the same. Yep. It's like one of the songs that's, not explicitly about this man. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, you know, you're, you got to throw in one or two that's just about sneaker night or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was a, a Vanessa Hudgens featuring JoJo sneaker night. Me too. That would be amazing. She would outsing her, Oh, my though. God. Today. We, they should do that now. That would be great. Seven. The song of all songs. Leave. Get out. Right now. It's yeah. the end of you and me. Yeah. I didn't write notes on that. I can't. My only thing is, I remember <laughs> thinking like, leave, get out. I was like, get out of your parents' house. <laughs> like, I think that's the only thing is that it implies like, get out of our shared home. But they don't have a shared home. Didn't matter because the song was It did what enough. it needed to do, yes. <laughs> it could be get out of her mind and <laughs> get out of her life. Not you know get out of get her out of home. your mind. Yeah. Get out of your mind. <laughs> Why do we know that song? Get out of your mind. I don't know. Seems like a dance recital thing for us to know. I have no idea why. Yeah, it's a very mature song for a 12-year-old. Yes, Um, I agree. But imagine if they had had her singing like this with 12-year-old topics. It would have been like Kids Bob. I mean, that would have been cool, I guess. They weren't ready for it at the time. Like, what would she sing about? She'd be like... She'd be like... (laughs) Like, contemporary? No, like back then. Oh, when she was that age. It would be about like your dreams of when you're older or like a boy ignoring you in school or yeah, something. Yeah, I think it's a huge oversight for them to to say that like kind of the emotions of her at her age were not enough to like inspire an R&B yeah, song. Yeah, I will say that going back to like the happy song, I know that we're projecting creepy on it and I'm well, sure it actually not- is. Oh, right. But yeah. but I'm saying when I was a kid, I thought that that was actually one of the more relatable ones because yeah, even when you is. are like having someone, I think in general, regardless of your age, being in a relationship or whatever with someone who isn't going to be like, touch my dick is <laughs> a win. 
it's just like listening to it. I'm like, I just don't believe her. Like she's like an unreliable narrator. I'm yeah. like, she's like, you're not going to make me feel uncomfortable, but be- I just feel like he is going to make her feel uncomfortable. Yeah, probably. But she's saying, you know, trust women, I guess. Trust girls. <laughs> right. Believe women and girls. Believe children. <laughs> That's insane. They definitely can't be influenced to lie. Right. Yeah. Right. It's just not the best. I no. think it was an oversight to not let her have more of course, they weren't going to let her have more creative say, but... I don't even think she really had anything no. to contribute at the time. No, she does. She was 12. Think about yourself at 12. If you were in the I mean, studio yeah. with writers and they're like, hey, what's going on in your life? Like, tell us. Yeah, well, she you could totally yeah, write a song true, about that's it. that's true. Next song, Use My Shoulder, track eight. Hey, what's your story? <laughs> the lyric I wrote down is don't be scared to hustle. There's no reason to wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely rhyme. Definitely poetry. And I also thought it was kind of a pointless motivational song. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Well, and there's another pointless motivational song coming up down the pike here too. Yeah. I'm just like, when I saw the, this was another song I didn't listen to a lot Same. as a kid. So when I, before I listened to it, I was like, oh, maybe this is another song of like her being in this fake relationship yeah. where she's like, I don't know. Yeah. But then it ends up being one of those like you songs. Yeah. Where it's like, like you can do you it. You keep your head up. Yeah. You can climb that mountain or yeah. whatever. And I was like, oh, I don't really want a 12 year old. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but like cute. Yeah. Track nine, never say goodbye. This is the be all end all ballad of the album. I I agree. I, I agree. I don't want to spoil my ranking. Yeah. I have deep feelings about this song. The key change? Yes. It never just musically, it's complicated. Yeah. And it actually feels like a really, like well-constructed song. Mm-hmm. The, Thought out. It doesn't feel mature. inappropriate. It yeah. feels like a cover of a standard almost. Like it's yeah. very well sung. Mm-hmm. A and great fit for her. Yeah. And it also was the point in my listen through where I was like, okay, we're back on track. I was like, yeah, Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because they stick, Leave Get Out being track seven was like definitely very strategic yeah. because Happy Song, Homeboy, City Lights, Okay. I like those songs. And then leave, get out. That's your perfect hit. And then use my shoulder. And then use my shoulder. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just see leave, get out being like strategically placed yeah. in there for songs that in the middle of songs that people hadn't heard already. Then we've got week track 10. It is a cover. It's a cover. Yeah. And it's a really good cover. I agree. It's a cover to the point where like if you, because obviously we were children, we had not heard the actual song. And I thought that was her song. Same. Like they don't really give any credit. No, but you know, that's how it. That's how it is. That's how it is. I think I kind of thought it was the sleeper hit, but that makes sense because it's a cover. Yeah. Compared to her other original tracks that aren't singles, it feels really strong. Yes. And that's because it's not her song. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, but it's not. 
Track 11, keep on keeping on. Pouring cold water on her cereal. Yeah. <laughs> Quote, seeing other kids with their Tims on. <laughs> sitting on the stoop she's i believe that she's sitting on the stoop but she also lives in boston so i don't yeah, know if she's know seeing if she's other kids st- with their tims on yeah. speaking of her being from boston there's our nationwide i guess you're right there's <laughs> this interview of her at the gbf red carpet premiere which I, mm. we forgot to say she was in gbf and someone was like so what's going on with your music career? And she was like, I'm going to be real with you. What's going on is wicked fucked up, which reminds wicked, me yeah. of we had a roommate named Jordan in college who was very actually kind of Jojo-esque in a lot of ways. And she's from the same part of Boston that Jojo is from. And um, yeah, she would say wicked. For some reason, I always, I feel like I definitely heard keep on keeping on a lot. Yeah. Um, and my brain just randomly thinks of it sometimes. It's one of those things. Like, because it's, it's a turn up phrase. So you're yeah. going to think, if you ever think, well, I'm going to keep going, you'd be like, I guess it I'm just comes keep on, to keep you. it on. Yeah. Track 12, Sunshine. I literally don't think I'd ever heard that song in my life. I kind of felt the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I said it's reiterating the same point over and over. Yeah. And sometimes she sounds kind of shrill or pitchy. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. It's not good. I'm sorry. Track 13, yes or no. I Going into it, I thought I didn't remember the song, but then I started listening yeah. and I was like, oh. You are not ready. Because a girl like me can't be I totally home. knew. Yeah. I like this song. I like it too. It's, you know, it's simple. It's, it's yeah. But the production's kind of cool yeah. and it's like weird. And she like gives it. She really commits to the performance. Yeah. Yeah. I like this one. Yes. Finally, Fairy Tales, track 14. The spoken word intro is the best part. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, this VO is sending me, but I have to give her she goes, credit. She goes, you know the story. You read the books. It's really, really good. It's also just very like, <laughs> if you know her in Aquamarine, you can just hear the connection so deeply. Yeah. It's fantastic. But the song otherwise, like, how do you feel about it? It's not that good. I'm kind of, I can do without it's, it. It's a solid meh. I agree. As a closer, it's not I great. feel like Never Say Goodbye would have been a great closer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't put that there. That's Probably strong. to keep the good stuff shuffled in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you could, if you put Never Say Goodbye at the end, it still works. Like, if you literally just swap fairy tales and Never Say Goodbye, I think... It probably would have been fine. It still works because at least then you could kind of get people to the, maybe they would have stopped listening. I don't know. Maybe. Because back then they had CDs and they were like listening through. Yeah. They weren't skipping around. Yeah. Okay. We just got through. So now we can do our ranking. Okay. Rankings. Uh, I did rank the whole thing, not just top three. Oh, damn. Okay. I just did my tops and bottoms of the week. Okay. My bottom bottom is use my shoulder. Okay. Because I could not sing that song to you if I tried. My second from the bottom is sunshine me too sunshine number 13 i I also could not sing that to you 
And upon further reflection, my third from the bottom is fairy tales. Okay. What are yours? Uh, 14, I put city lights. <laughs> that was on my list originally, too. Yeah. Yeah. 13, sunshine. 12, use my shoulder. Okay, so we're very much on the same page. Yeah. Okay, okay. What about your top three? I put, in third, I put never say goodbye. Okay. Second, baby, it's you. Okay. First, leave, get out. I had to. Okay. Mine went three, leave, get out. Two, baby, it's you. And One, then never say, never goodbye. say goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I... I just, yeah, I've heard Leave Get Out so much more that I was like, you know what? I yeah. have to put it first. But Never. yeah, we have the same top three. Yes, and same bottom three, really. Yeah. Um, Never Say Goodbye. I just have to say a little more. Like the little production moment in the beginning with this little like, it sounds like when you're a kid, what you imagine like sparkling sounds mm-hmm. like. It's so like dreamy and cute. And also you can interpret the song through like a Lolita-ish lens because the first line is, uh, never been in love because a girl like me has waited patiently for someone, someone mm-hmm. to care for me. Yeah, it does fall it, into- It's a little like that, but- it falls into the overall thesis of what I've been talking about. Yeah. With this but album. that being said, it's a beautiful song and it really shows off JoJo's abilities really well. Mm-hmm. The production is like perfect. This is also a song that Ayana and I, my bandmate, have like bonded over before because it's just such a great song. Yeah. I would never say goodbye is amazing also just baby it's you the music video they're at the carnival mm-hmm. the, that's the interesting thing with these songs is that the subject matter is way grown up but like the leave get out music video takes place in a school hallway and baby it's you is like her and her friends yeah. at a carnival they're trying they gave her the they gave her the 25 year old songs with the high school aesthetic yes and which so, is very britney and also. for marketing like I can understand why it's kind of like they were like forced, they were like four notches off of like actually being genius about it because they should have hired some younger writers to work with her. Yeah. Like female, younger female writers to work with her. And I think they really could have like, yeah, hit that because a lot of Jojo was always an acquired taste. She was never other than leave, get out. Yeah. She was never an all, like, hitting all margins. Yeah. Um, well, because she was like pop a, star. She was like an R&B pop artist, not yeah. like a pop pop artist. Yeah, yeah. So I think with, like, a little bit of reworking and, like, forethought, it could have been, she could have yeah, hit it all been areas better. Yeah. And, like, obviously her management was never particularly good. The fact that we even got the good stuff that we did get is kind of a miracle. End of the day. End of the day. You're a little bit older. At the end of the day, you're a little bit older. That's not even the right words. (laughs) At the end of the day, there's another day over. At the end of the day, it's another day over. At the end of the day, it's all you can say in the life of the poor. It's a struggle. It's a war. And there's nothing that anyone's giving. All these days. One more day standing about. What is it for? One day less to be be living. living. (laughs) I think that regardless of, I don't know. I was like, I wish she didn't go through all this. It's just really 
sad, especially because she is such an incredible talent and seems to be such a solid person. There's no reason why she couldn't have been Ariana Grande in her time had she yeah. been. Not that she wants to be that. Yeah. But I just mean in terms of like broad scale. Yeah. It would have been interesting she- to see how she would have gotten there because Ariana came into it with such a like, I'm a pop girly from Nickelodeon Mm -hmm. angle. And then it shifted. If she hadn't been held up by her management, she probably would have worked with other producers a lot faster. Yeah. And then would have been able to switch modes in a way that would put her progress on the fast track, like in terms of like a wider audience. Yeah. But if she wanted to just be R&B, like, that's cool. But I don't know that that's true. I think she just was, like, following the guide. Yeah, it's true. When you're 12, you you really don't have another choice. And it was an amazing opportunity. Yeah. And she did get plucked from a show, which is great. Because a lot of people now, there's hundreds of people now that have gone on shows hoping to get plucked and they don't. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that even, it's true, and even (laughs) though she did get put through the ringer at least we have gotten to witness her talent in our time and and she's thriving today and i am sure that she will continue to let out interesting things Mm -hmm. for sure yeah and i've never seen a more gorgeous wig in my life a more gorgeous (laughs) set of extensions human hair extensions i was looking at them in the jojo siwa interview Mm -hmm. i said jojo siwa jojo siwa interview (laughs) She Her glam oh, is her always and, great. Do you want to talk about how beautiful she was in Moulin Rouge? I mean, I think I, I said it in that yeah. other episode, but like it, it was crazy. The whole thing with Satine and Moulin Rouge is she she flies in on a hoop, like right. comes down in a hoop. And that happens in the show too. And it's kind of like in the middle of the, what's the ground floor called? No, the, the ground floor. Like, oh. because the stage is different. They have like this catwalk that goes out into oh, the audience. Yeah. She comes down like into the middle of like the, the ground floor. Oh, that's kind cool. Of. Yeah. So everyone looks like, you know, up. Yeah. And it's like, it was breathtaking. <laughs> it that's really was. Cool. It was. That's cool. She was giving it to us. Yeah. Well, she's living her dream in that sense. So. Yeah. Thank you, Jojo, for your contributions to our childhood, to my late college years for sure with Mad Love, and just for getting through all of the bullshit because we appreciate you deeply. And we all got to get through the bullshit, right? So true. You're <laughs> so brave to say that out loud. It's true. <laughs> we all have our own versions of the bullshit. We all have our own versions of being financially abused by Black Round Records. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> creatively abused, perhaps. Okay, so... Are they going to make the biopic? Ooh. That's a good question. I think... I feel like she needs to live more years, life. Yeah. At the shortest. At the... At the, sh- the most... The, the most soon? I don't know. The soonest... <laughs> the soonest they can make that yeah. biopic is in 15 years. But I don't mean... I want the biopic to be, like, limited to, like, once. I don't want it to be a whole life. I see. I want it to be, like... Let's talk about the the industry as a child type of thing. Got it. Maybe up to like the re-release. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you better get (laughs) writing that spec. Okay. That treatment. So if we're going to do a cover, it'll be here. Before you hear this cover of Leave, Get Out, I just wanted to call attention to the fact that we recorded this in about 10 minutes. 
And it's kind of funny because I couldn't stop laughing. So yeah, please enjoy. I've been waiting all day for you, babe. So won't you come sit and talk to me? You tell me how we're gonna be together always. Hope you know that when it's late at night, I hold on to a pillow tight. And think of how you promised me forever. I never thought that anyone could make me feel this way. Now that you're here for all the one, it's just a chance to say, hey, get out right now. It's the end of you and me. It's too late now. I can't wait for you to be gone. Cause I know about her. And I wonder why I thought all the lies. You said that you would treat me right, but you were just a waste of time. That being said, you can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover dash cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects. What are they? Beats me. Uh-huh. Our latest creative projects at twopinkproductions.com. We're on so Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. At Sleepover Cinema and post a full video version of each episode on YouTube every Thursday. You can follow me, Audrey, at Audriana Leach on everything. I'm unemployed now, so perhaps I will have more. I already feel like I have more mental I wasn't even directed time. to I know, you. but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. So... And then you can follow me, Hannah, at Hannah Ray Leach on everything. And please join our Discord server if you have not yet. Our link to the uh, Discord server is in the episode description and on evergreenpodcasts.com. You can check out our merch at twopinkproductions.com slash shop. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, and more. And if you like the show, if you love JoJo, Etc. Aquamarine. If you feel if you connected, love RV. Yes, if you are a big fan of RV, please send this episode to a friend and uh, let us know what you think of this episode and everything in life ever. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah, and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman Hall. Executive producer is Michael D'Aloya. Bye. <laughs> I was trying to think of a good line. Uh oh, get out, leave. Get out, leave right now. Hi, I'm Christina Yerling Biro, host of the podcast Pop Culture Confidential. Join me as I go way behind the scenes with some of the most influential people in entertainment and media. Hear actors such as Succession's Brian Cox talk about his favorite characters to play. There always has to be a mystery. The audience have to be in a situation where they want to know what's going on. Meet studio execs like Pixar chief Pete Docter and learn his secret on how he makes us cry. Emotion is our first language. And so many others who are defining popular culture, from Obama speechwriter David Litt to Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi. We don't often think about food politically or we don't want to, but it really is. Join me. Search for Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.